to uh, launch Peppery, uh, which was suited much better for a wider solution for business to business, not just uh, order taking, but all the facets, all the different facets of sales, B2B sales or physical products, which is what Peppery is doing today. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name's Rick Nusky. I'm your host and I am privileged to be able to bring to you today, offer your Vexil to the show. Welcome to the show, offer. Thank you very much for asking me. No, it's absolutely my pleasure um, having you here now. For everybody who's on the show with us today, Offer and I are going to be talking about uh, an organisation that he co-founded called Peppery, and we're going to be talking about what it takes to build a successful SaaS B2B business in a highly competitive and well-funded marketing market using just inbound marketing. But um, we, before we do any of that, Offer, and before we jump into the core of the call, it's standard practice for us to learn a little bit more about you as our guest. So I wonder if we can start by asking you where you're located. Right now I am located in Israel, uh, in Ranana, Israel, to be more precise, which is like five to ten kilometers from Tel Aviv, right. north to Tel Aviv. Uh, generally speaking, I'm uh, spending my time, uh, pre-COVID time, uh, pretty much 50% in uh, New York and 50% in Israel, uh, which is where the our R&D center is here in Israel, but uh, we have the biggest portion of our business is in the U.S., so I need to spend there more time. Of course. Now, uh, Jana uh, just briefly mentioned that you have uh, offices all around the world, including Australia. Is that, is that correct? Yep. We have an office in uh, Melbourne as Melbourne. well. Yep. And, uh, and uh, also an office in Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. I can't wait to get into that. But before we do that, Offer, I'd love to learn about uh, you a little bit more in terms of, um, have you always lived in near Tel Aviv or have you grown up in a different location? I grew up in Tel Aviv, not Tel Aviv, but in Israel uh, until I was like almost 30 years old. This is when I moved to the US actually for almost five years. Mm -hmm. I spent like... Uh, more than two years in the Phoenix Valley, in Tempe to be more precise, and then uh, more than two years in Boston as well. Uh, uh, again, Brookline, not Boston, but the Boston area. <laughs> so um, when you were growing up, I, 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 I like to, I guess, unfold the pages of time, as it were. When you were growing up, d did you ever have any fond memories of your childhood? And what one would, you, would stick out for you the most, do you think? Yeah, plenty of them. <laughs> I think the majority of them are, uh, I live near the sea, yep. and the uh, majority of them are related to the sea, uh, like going with my father to the sea, swimming, uh, oh, yeah. boating, uh, the sea is in the center of it. Uh, I really like the sea, and this is something I will always uh, make sure I live close to. Yeah, fantastic. And there's a, there's a point to all of this because I think in our early years it helps us form into the people that we become. I, I wonder, Offer, um, did you have any people in your life when you were growing up that really influenced you uh, and helped you make good decisions along, along the way as you grew up? 
first of all uh, my parents <laughs> yeah my parents uh, my parents uh, and I'm saying it it might sound uh, negative but I uh, my meaning is exactly the opposite were regular people <laughs> yeah yeah no, absolutely they were, they were uh, they were first, my father was first generation in Israel my mother actually was a Holocaust survival uh, and they really they were really struggling to survive to start with uh, mo mostly on the economic side of things uh, and uh, only so uh, they teach me I think uh, what is more important in life which is family friends uh, make sure that you're always connected to them. We have yep. a very, very warm family. Uh, I mean, not just the direct close family, but the wider one. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's mainly what you see from your family. That uh, and, and I had great teachers uh, also throughout my uh, childhood. Mm -hmm. I remember a few of them. Uh, actually, my password, and therefore I will not be able to say it. <laughs> one of my uh, password uh, is the name of one of my teachers, uh, who was really, really impacted me a lot uh, uh, in high school. Yeah, uh, I really loved them. Uh, so yeah, I, I would say uh, there's been I a few. Always cherish these uh, these uh, people that uh, I looked up to them when I was a child. I really appreciate you sharing because it really grounds the call in some, I guess, some realities um, because business is business after all. And uh, I think without that really strong base of family who are around you and support you and, you know, just being around the right people helps you to become the person that you are. Now, with Peppery, I know that you must be incredibly busy. Um, do you have any uh, time for hobbies or anything else outside of the business? Sure, all the time. Mm -hmm. What do you I like cannot doing? live without my hobbies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mentioned uh, the sea, so I'm kayaking a lot, mm -hmm. a lot, like four or five times a, uh, a week. Oh, wow. Or like two hours each, uh, doing it very early in the morning. Uh, other than that, I used to run, but in the last six to seven months, I have a problem with my knee, so I cannot run. But uh, I'm playing chess quite a lot. I like chess. Uh, You'd be better and, than me. Uh, <laughs> I like I like singing. I like playing guitar. I like harmonica. Uh, I play harmonica. I uh, I used to play sax. Uh, and uh, I have friends that I like uh, meeting with. So yeah. Uh, although I, it might sound like I don't have time, I have plenty of time for those things. Yeah, and I'm making sure that I will keep enough time for those. Otherwise, it's like you're not living. Well, that's the thing. I was going to mention that uh, offer is that, you know, we only have a very short span of time on this world, don't we? And we, we can't be all work and no play, can we? Of course. it's uh, No, I think if you work with no play, it will impact your the, the atmosphere of, the, of what you are communicating, of how people see you and... Uh, I don't. I don't. I cannot see myself uh, just working. I no. think it's a big mistake that people might be doing. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Now, um, when uh, have you ever had like an, an interest in uh, pets or anything like that? Does your family own pets or? We always had a dog. Uh, not always, but most of the time mm -hmm. since I was a child, and also myself. Uh, 
two years ago, uh, less, one and a half years ago, uh, I, we needed to, uh, uh, to put to sleep uh, our dog. Oh, no. Uh, she, was, she was really suffering. Yeah. And uh, since then, I took a, a break. But I love dogs. I really love dogs. Uh, Just doesn't matter what type of dog? Big, you, do you like big dogs or small matter. dogs? Doesn't matter, yeah. All dogs. I think they are such an amazing creatures. I, it's like, it's like, they were invented just for us. Oh know? yeah. Just to, it's amazing, yeah. amazing animal. Absolutely. Thank you I again for them. sharing. Now, um, I, I sit here and I think to myself, I wonder what Offer's daily routine looks like. What do you do in a typical day? Let's go from the start. Do you do exercise in the morning? Do you have a particular diet? I'd love to learn a little bit more about that. So exercise per se, I don't do. I don't like it. I never <laughs> went to. Uh, I never went to uh, you know to a gym or things like that. Yeah. I feel like it's too uh, industrial, in my opinion. I, I like doing things in the nature and only in the nature. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as I mentioned before, I, in the past I used to like three times a, a week run, uh, and three times a week kayaking, surfing. Uh, uh, boating and things like that. Uh, right now, in the last two years, it's mainly kayaking, and uh, in the last six months, it's only kayaking <laughs> because I cannot run. Yes, yes. Uh, and this is the way I start my morning. I typically wake up at five in the morning. Uh, it takes me like forty-five minutes to get to the beach, uh, and then uh, six in the morning, I'm already kayaking. Wow. Until like eight, eight in the morning, I'm taking a shower, eating, uh, going back home, uh, <laughs> taking a good breakfast, typically with the family, and typically it's like healthy one. Uh, and then around uh, nine o'clock, I'm on my way to the office, more or less, or already on the phone with Australia. Uh, uh, really, my day starts after nine, uh, let's put it this way. Uh, I mean my working days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, typically, I'll be, and this is a, the problem of managing uh, uh, a company with offices uh, around the clock. So, typically, I will try to communicate with Australia uh, in the morning. Europe, I have the entire day, and then uh, toward the evening, I typically need to, and it's spread. I might go on, do a few things, and then around 9 p.m., I need to start my day with California, with New York. I might have meetings, uh, and I go to sleep around midnight, uh, typically like 11 to midnight, something like that. I I sleep five to six hours, uh, and it's fine with me. I don't need more than that. Yeah, have you found that that has changed as you you get older, that you need less sleep? Because getting up at five is a bit, bit of a grind for a lot of people. No, I was always like that. Oh, yeah. I never slept a lot. Uh, I didn't like sleeping since I remember myself. Uh, I mean, too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. I was always. Uh, I'd love uh, to. Not necessarily, not necessarily waking up at five in the morning, but always slept like five to six hours a day. Yeah, uh, yeah there's yeah. obviously a threshold. You need a minimum amount, don't you? But uh, yeah, offer. I'd love to um, again go back and and reveal, if we could, your first ever entrepreneurial experience. Can you remember it? Was it was it about newspaper routes? Was it about what was it about? Yeah, I actually had similar things to newspaper. I was making tons of money uh, when I was. Uh, 
teenage. I was working all the time as a babysitter, as uh, selling pictures uh, door to door, and uh, <laughs> and gardening things like that. I, I was working since I remember myself. But the real entrepreneurship one, uh, I hardly went to school. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I was al always coming only to the, to, to the test at the end. Uh, <laughs> but the one that uh, the one that uh, that I would call a real entrepreneur is when I was studying engineering. I opened a company for water clearing, uh, and uh, actually I just uh, imported water products uh, from the U.S. Uh, I remember back then I also traveled to the U.S. to learn it. And I opened it while being a, I opened the company uh, while I was a student. Uh, ran it with like for like two years, and decided that it's not for me. Closed it. While doing it, I was also working as an engineer. And uh, but my, the first one was opening this water company. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you again for sharing. I'm, I'm loving the call. Um, there's just so much we can learn and so many different directions that we can go into. And I think now is a good time to start talking about Peppery and I guess the genesis for this idea uh, for Peppery. What is it about for, for the sake of uh, sharing it with the, the My Future Business audience? So actually Peppery did not start as Peppery. Mm -hmm. We started as 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 a warranty, W-R-N-T-Y. We still own the domain. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the warranty idea was not mine. Uh, and uh, two investors approached me and talked with me whether I'm willing to take it, and I decided to take it. Uh, and uh, back then I joined the guy who thought about it. His name is Kfir Balavav was uh, a very interesting uh, person by by itself worth <laughs> interviewing uh, and uh, we worked uh, together for like three four years I don't recall uh, but bottom line uh, like three four years into the this job <laughs> into this company we realized that uh, there is a great opportunity in the mobile area with the new iPhone iPads uh, the technology was lagging behind in uh, adopting them uh, yep. for businesses back then. And uh, so we basically pivoted from the warranty idea to an order-taking idea over an iPad for uh, field sales reps. Uh, back then it was a big pivot for us. Uh, we were very successful with that, but we knew that it's... Uh, it's a very competitive market that uh, if we will stay with order taking, we will not survive. And we, over over the year, it evolved, and actually we needed to do sort of another pivot, but under the same direction. This time, only technology pivot, and not uh, and not uh, marketing and business pivot, and basically to to throw out everything we developed from 2012 to 2015, and to uh, launch Peppery, uh, which was suited much better for a wider solution for business to business, not mm -hmm. just uh, order taking, but all the facets, all the different facets of uh, sales, B2B sales or physical products, which is what Peppery is doing today. So if I need to summarize it, it started as a warranty management solution in the cloud, moved to an order taking solution, moved to a, a full business to business solution. Yeah, thank you. I, 
I, I sit here and I try to I try to sit in the in the chair as a listener and asking the questions that I'd love to know myself. Now, if I'm a, a startup entrepreneur and I want to get into the SaaS space, is there room for a new SaaS development still, or do you think it's becoming uh, either saturated or there's too many big players in the space already for new new incomers to make a, a mark? I think there's always space. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always a space, uh, and, and SaaS is just a vehicle. Uh, the, the more important, I think nowadays SaaS is a must. I, I find it hard to think about someone uh, developing an application that is not SaaS based. But, but SaaS is, is just a vehicle. The, the, the more important thing is, uh, I'll take it one step backward. Yeah. Maybe in the past SaaS was uh, moving from uh, on-premise to SaaS was innovative, and just doing that uh, and competing with the on-premise solution uh, was innovative enough in order for you to sell. Yeah. Nowadays, uh, just the fact that you're a SaaS will not help you sell because your competitor will be SaaS as well. So you need to do something which is not just SaaS. But I would put it this way: SaaS nowadays in software, I would say, it's a uh, it's a must. But it's not enough. It's just I think not enough. If I'll take it, yeah, if I'll take it into mathematical uh, equations, then it's must, but it's not enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, look. Um, I, I wonder. I, I've seen that that you have a number of uh, different elements to peppery. What sort of verticals um, are you into? And if you could just explain what verticals mean uh, as they apply to peppery. Yeah. So peppery can sell to any company that is selling products but uh, to start with we are focusing on uh, specific uh, verticals that we are that we think that uh, have better potential for us uh, and vertical means uh, we can take it from uh, from the business perspective it means uh, that uh, it's uh, customers from my perspective yep. that share the same uh, the, the same uh, that are, in a sense, competing with each other. Mm-hmm. That they are in the same ecosystem. Uh, that they share the same goals to sell the same type of products. In our case, uh, and therefore, typically, they will have the same uh, marketing communication channels. They will be listening to the same things. Uh, they will be struggling with the same issues. Uh, so if I'll take it to, uh, to examples, which is always, I think, the best way to explain, yep. uh, and if we take uh, the fashion vertical versus the food vertical, both are selling, both might be selling products, physical products, uh, uh, to consumer, either direct or indirect. But the difference is in fashion, uh, you are developing new products every quarter, more or less, most of the the fashion companies, mm-hmm. the seasons are changing, yep. and then once the season passed, uh, those products uh, will no longer be relevant, and you'll need to get rid of them. Uh, so the sell cycle and, and, and the, the, the life cycle of the product is so different than the food, where you are selling the same product for years, and you simply replenish them all the time, that typically will not expire, I'm talking in a practical manner. Yep. Uh, yep. Of course, there are food... Uh, 
food products that have expiration date, but the one that replaced them are the same product. It's not like the expiration in fashion. Yeah. So, uh, and those things that I described, those differences are imposing uh, dramatically different sales uh, processes. While in the first one, the fashion, the slow moving, you have sales processes that are longer, that are very specific to the product and much less logistic ones on the fast moving the logistic part of it is very critical and the cost is much more relevant efficiency is way more relevant margins are much smaller yeah all those yep. things are dictating different things and then when we look on the customer of those vertical typically the IT manager the salespeople of a fashion company will be reading and looking uh, for uh, things that are completely professional wise professional wise that are completely different than executives in the food business uh, exactly from the reason I mentioned before yeah that's wonderful uh, great insight now um, you know everything's not always roses in business is it um, what have you learned from failure over the years <laughs> You learn, uh, unfortunately, you learn from failure the more than you learn from any other things. Yes, absolutely. Uh, because you feel it. You feel it and you see the implication. And then uh, uh, the, the way you say it, obviously, is uh, you need to be stupid to do the same thing again and again yeah, if, yes. if, if it brought you. So uh, failure is, uh, is a good lesson. But uh, the, the important thing is really to admit that you failed mm -hmm. to realize that you made a mistake and to think about what is the best way forward as opposed to stick to it uh, and continuing uh, the same route uh, you started and uh, just because you cannot admit that you made a mistake yep. and uh, or that you're afraid to of the implication of making the change uh, as I described before, we made significant changes in Peppery strategy in the last uh, since we established the company. Mm -hmm. I think without those changes, Peppery will not survive. Will not be surviving, you know. So, yeah. uh, and we made uh, more tactical mistakes and strategic mistakes along the way that we needed to fix. Uh, this is uh, this is the way you grow and learn. Yeah, it's fantastic. Now I, I think about. Um, expanding that that conversation about taking ownership and responsibility and I having been a former corporate myself I I put a, a lot of emphasis on team building trust and empowerment and responsibility all these things all these words that you can put around these things how important is it in your business to have an empowered team that you trust the most important thing and within that I would say the most important thing in my opinion is that you should not talk you should set examples in the way you do things uh, talking is cheap you need to set an example to what to, to the values that you are holding uh, people that are around you should see that and then uh, so if we're talking about team building you really need to uh, listen to people, give them the stage to do what they are best at, mm -hmm. and really be open even to hear things that are completely against your way of thinking, yep. Uh, yep. And, and and not stop them, you know, and really listen to them and allow others to listen to them 
And if you think they are wrong, you need to explain why they are wrong and not simply dismiss them because you are more important uh, or because you are the CEO. Uh, you really need to uh, to let everyone, uh, you know, give everyone their stage uh, and then empower them to do to do things in their way and not in your way. Yeah. Would you would you hire somebody who is um, more excited and passionate about the potential? to come into Peppery than somebody who is competent and has a, a background in qualifications that obviously fulfill that need for that role? What's more important for you, do you think? A decision like that is typically is based on many other things. So it depends on the magnitude of those two things that you mentioned. So, for example, if he's completely disqualified to the job and he's very excited, yep. still I will not hire him. Yeah, uh, yep. Generally speaking, uh, a Taking it uh, in the direction that I believe you were trying to take it, I mm-hmm. prefer personality or knowledge. Yeah, I think personality is way more important than than uh, knowledge slash experience. If this is your question, that's the exactly is, my question. Yeah. yeah, in that respect, yes, but not necessarily enthusiasm. Yeah, enthusiasm uh, is not enough for me. Uh, yeah, personality is enough for me for sure. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, I know that you have uh, two other co-founders, is that correct? Uh, Three, actually. Three, okay. So what was it like, um, what is it like being a co-founder with so many other co-founders? Is that very different than starting your own organization and being the the head of the ship, as it were, on your own? What what are some of the challenges that come with that? I don't think it's challenging. I think it's only positive, seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never thought about it as a challenge. It's really complemented all those areas that I... You cannot excel in everything you do. And uh, these other three co-founders that all of them are working with me, uh, they really complement things uh, that are way better than I am uh, yep, yep. in all those things. Uh, I will not be be able to reach what we have reached uh, without them. uh, I seriously never had the challenge with it. Even when they were challenging me, it was, (laughs) this is the whole idea. Yeah, fantastic. I love it because, you know, you can always learn things from those who are around you. uh, Do you believe in uh, being the, uh, not the smartest person in the room? 100%. They are smarter than me, and I'm not saying it just in order to say it. Yeah, yeah. They are smarter than me. All three of them are smarter than me. Fantastic. Now, I'd love to talk about your uh, your inbound marketing and uh, the process behind that because we have a lot of startup entrepreneurs and small to medium-sized businesses who are looking to uh, interviews like this to learn a little bit, to take away some ideas. Now, uh, how do you do inbound marketing? And, and maybe briefly explain what inbound marketing means to you. Yeah, inbound marketing means to me that we are not uh, chasing uh, people that are not interested, uh, that we are focusing our resources uh, on people that are interested, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. which makes a huge difference in productivity and also in the atmosphere. You know, when you need to chase someone who really doesn't want to speak with you, I think it's create a bad atmosphere. And time wasting, yeah, for sure. I say efficiency for sure, but think about the feeling of chasing someone who is not interested. Uh, So for me, inbound means that the organization is focusing on people that really wants to talk with us. And this is really the 
<coughs> the definition for me. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Our salespeople are not calling, and we do not have SDR. Uh, the only prospect they will be calling to are prospect that in one way or another contacted us and asked to be called. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, we will not be calling them. Uh, and uh, it, it's way more efficient, but obviously you need to know how to do it because if you'll just sit in the room and wait for people to call you, it will not happen, even <laughs> if you have the best product in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wonder over, what, more than a decade now has Peppery been running? How long has it been? Uh, over 11 years. Yeah, wow. Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm thinking about that in terms of innovation. What have you seen over that uh, decade or so and, and what what is sticking out for you now in terms of innovation? Yeah, I think uh, connecting innovation with the amount of time that Pepper is uh, trying to connect between the two, if I understand your question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then when you're starting, innovation is in the center of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you only need to be innovative uh, to start with. The more you, the bigger you become, then innovation is a must, as I said before about other things. So innovation is a must, but it's not enough yeah. any longer. Uh, it, it won't help you if you'll be innovative, but your customer, on one area, but your customer are suffering. Mm, you know, mm. from a different area, from instability, from the way you do for bed support, from bed support, uh, and all those other must-have uh, that can really ruin your business, although you are extremely innovative. Uh, and the, the bigger you are, uh, you need to put more emphasis on, your opera- on the operational aspect of your business and not just on innovation. And I think this is a transition that is, uh, and this is maybe part of the fun that things are constantly changing. Uh, it's no longer the same challenges that we had at the beginning that we are facing now. Yeah. Uh, but but innovation is always extremely important, and more than in any other area, maybe in technology. And we are a technology company before anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Look. Um, this is uh, an absolute credit to you and your team. Peppery is obviously uh, a wonderful platform for B2B um, and leading to that is the obvious question. Now, when people want to find Peppery and they want to connect with you and they want to work out if they're a good fit for Peppery, what is the process and where will they find you? Uh, like. Like any other company, you can find peppery.com, and there you can find examples uh, of uh, of customers because we didn't mention it before. We have customers in like 70 countries around the world, mm-hmm. not just the U.S. that we mentioned before. So they can find case study. They can go into our customers uh, area and see, you know, customers like Kimberly Clark, like Dermalogica. Uh, I hope uh, these names uh, ring companies a bell. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah that they're using our platform, uh, uh, Kune in the air business, uh, and so on and so forth. We have over a thousand customers worldwide. Uh, and they can find their customers and case studies and see whether it's relevant for them as well. So the application process is fairly simple. If, I, if I'm an interested business and do I just sign up and away I go, what's, what's the actual onboarding process? 
It used to be like this in the past as we started to serve larger customers. Uh, it's no longer uh, like a free trial. Mm -hmm. It used to be like that. Yep. However, uh, if you're a small customer, then uh, we typically assign you with one. When I say small, I mean a company which is less than 10 million. Yep. Uh, uh, generally speaking, typically we will assign you to... Uh, to a partner of ours, we have uh, partners all over the world that can serve you. If you are larger than that, uh, then still you might be served by, and those partners will simplify the process for the customers. Bear in mind that uh, in order to implement Peppery, you need to connect Peppery to your back office systems, to your ERP accounting system, and this is what makes it a bit more complicated than a simple simple SaaS uh, product that you just activate and that's it. Understood. Uh, because it must, uh, it really must be fully synchronized with your product data and with your pricing data and promotions data and all those things that. Uh, we are not a standalone, and which makes it a bit more complicated uh, to implement Peppery. Yeah. But uh, we have both partners and internal resources to help you in the process. Fantastic. Well, look, Offer, um, this has been such a wonderful call. I'm going to make sure that no matter where people find this call, they're going to find the link back to peppery.com. And uh, I've had a wonderful time on the call with you today. Thank you so very much for joining me on the My Future Business Show today. Thank you very, very much. It was a real pleasure. Great questions. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.